you had a chance to bet on someone, would you bet on yourself? Well, you should because there's so much more to you than you have ever imagined. This is the All That You Can Be podcast with Yinka Jibril. Let's go on the journey learning how to live our lives by design. Hi, hi, hi there, everyone. Hi, how are you? You're welcome to the All That You Can Be podcast with Inka Jibril. It's been such a while since I connected with all of you, but it's so great to be doing that today um, for quite some time. So um, for, for those of you who are my listeners, some of you will know that I'm Nigerian and some of you would not. So just to put it out there that I'm from Nigeria and why it's taking me so long to sort of do this episode is um, because of some of the occurrences that have happened in the last couple of weeks and how that has left a lot of people, my point of view, my point of view as an individual, my point of view as someone who has elected people into power, my point of view as a parent, my point of view as um, a coach, a life coach. So I've, I've had the chance of looking at everything that has happened from these different frames and one thread that I could see that summed up everything I was feeling kind of ran through each of these things that I represented, right? And so for a long time, I found it really difficult to solve, just come out to talk about how I felt about it because it ran really deep for me. And I know that it was the same for a lot of people. As a coach, as a life coach, I didn't want to just come out here and connect with my tribe, telling them, oh yeah, you know, calm down, whatever is going on, and to sort of give the perspective as if everything was okay. Because for some time, I felt like I wasn't okay myself as well. Um, I wasn't physically impacted by anything that happened, um, but of course, a physical impartation or a physical impact is not sometimes not even the strongest of impacts, right? The emotional impact is really strong. It runs deep. So when I was thinking about connecting back with my tribe, I felt like I wasn't going to um, do well just moving on into another topic. So I had wanted to go into um, a string of topics where I was talking about family and love and relationships and connecting with other people and how to profile your relationships. That was kind of like a series that I wanted to do. And based on questions that people had been asking me for some time, that's really what I wanted to do. But then when I saw all that had been happening, I thought to myself, I feel like I can't really move on until I've sort of broached this topic and described my own perspective, my own point of view, and how it impacted me and perhaps how it has, maybe somebody out there will relate or connect with how it has impacted them as well. So, you know what, this episode is kind of called the hashtag answers. 
So from all over the world, you may have seen this hashtag NSARS protest that went on in Nigeria. And um, the stories, all the stories and the antecedents around it, you know, and you would have had your different opinions or, you know, you would have had your different takes on what, what, what happened. So when I was thinking about what I was going to name this um, episode, I... I was going to name it NSAS, the end, with a question mark, exactly because of where things stand at the moment. So for those of you who don't know, you know that the NSAS movement was sort of like a protest, an outcry, led by Nigerian youths who took to the streets, peacefully protesting about police brutality and how that other people rode on that and began to speak about other reforms, if you like, that they would have liked to see in Nigeria, expressing some of the frustrations with a lot of what they would like to see change in our country. And frankly speaking, if you are somebody who belongs to a country, you have every right to solve hope that things are relatively better for everyone so that everyone is in the position where they have the freedom of speech to speak up about things that they would like to see changes on you know so when all of that happened events sort of culminated into what people kind of feared might happen i mean certainly for a lot of people they never even imagined that it was going to degenerate into what it became you know um, there was a lot of hope for a first time a lot of young people felt like they had the agency to step forward and to speak up for some of the changes that they wanted to see happen and this was sort of like the springboard for that to happen but then where things then went left everyone feeling so shocked so so shocked and for me I think for a long time, I felt inside of me painfully helpless. I have chosen the phrase to describe exactly how I feel deliberately because that, those are the only words that can really articulate how I felt. So it wasn't just helplessness. It wasn't just pain. It was a mixture of both for me. It was a mixture of both for me because... I was asking myself the question, what else? What next? Where is the hope? Why? What could have been better? And to ask myself the other very important question, what is beneath all of this? You see, a lot of times we as human beings, as we go about our lives in trying to make our lives meaningful, in trying to make our lives better, we sometimes just tend to look at the surface of things. We take things at face value because I believe that human nature, apart from negative experiences, is quite optimistic. So why do I say that? We plan for tomorrow, not really knowing how tomorrow is going to pan out. We make huge investments for tomorrow, and yet we really do not even hold tomorrow so 
I believe that naturally speaking, the human race is quite optimistic about stuff uh, or about life in general. So I guess this was one more show of optimism where people were saying to themselves, look, in my own little way, I can speak out for the future, knowing fully well that we're not really leaving the earth for those who come after us, but we're leaving the earth or rather we're borrowing the earth from those who come after us. And so with that mindset that we have a responsibility to leave the earth better than we have found it or to take good care of it, knowing that it's not ours, puts us in that place where we sort of step forward when we have the opportunity to try and make things better. So that's my positive thinking in terms of how people behave. But then to see how the issues degenerated and the horrible, horrible massacre that happened in Lagos or that was claimed to have happened in Lagos because it appears that up till now, nobody can really, really give a true, complete picture of what happened. There have been stories here and there, some, you know, quite vividly confirmed. But in the midst of all that, I was just looking around me and wondering, to myself like what just happened and I felt really painfully helpless helpless because like I said I was asking myself that so what next helpless because some people took it in their hands to just silence the voice of the people in what we call a democracy so for me it was sort of like thinking like there is really, really, really no democracy. Democracy only exists as far or within the boundaries of what those in elected power find comfortable to deal with. And then outside of that, there isn't really any democracy to so to speak. And you know, in hindsight, and now with where I am looking back, you know, I think some of my fears and my suspicions were kind of confirmed um, with the thoughts and ideas that some of these issues really were not about what was on the face value, but there were so many other things behind the scenes. And I wonder if as human beings and certainly as citizens of Nigeria any other African country or any other country in the world for that matter. Where we stand in terms of putting out our voices to be heard, where really do we stand? It has made me, made me question some of those things. Where really do we stand? Do we really have a voice as a people? Do we really, really, when it comes down to it? And, you know... Listening to a lot of other people, I think some of the painful things that came forward as well um, was how people recounted or how people relieved their experiences for things that had happened in the past relating to this particular issue, which is sort of um, brutality. So this made people relieve those places once again and you know I was listening to a couple of friends who sort of talked about 
their own past experiences with some of these and how this has just reopened wounds. Some of those experiences were quite horrific, quite vivid, and you know, it it just it just left me thinking again. You know, at some point I felt like um, throwing in the towel on this country and just saying to myself that okay, I think I don't want to be, I don't want to belong to this country anymore. But then divinity has made it such that you do not choose where you come from yes you can seek to have maybe residency or citizenship of another country but you kind of know really and truly that by reason of the fact that this is where you were born and this is your identity you kind of know inside you that basically this is the first place that you belong to you know, and I think I speak out for a lot of my tribe when I say that in the midst of all this, um, we are still trying to find meaning. We are still trying to not get downtrodden. So I went through that feeling of painful helplessness for a couple of days. I couldn't work. I... I and, and I'm not someone, if you know me, <laughs> you know that I'm not somebody that easily gets put down by stuff. I consider myself as somebody who is emotionally stable and has a good grasp of my personal well-being, my mental well-being. You know, I like to be happy as a person. I consider myself a happiness ambassador and a happiness coach, you know, and a well-being coach. But in this, I was so helpless that I couldn't, I didn't seem to be able to move myself forward. Yeah. And so if that is you, if that is you, if that was you, quite understandable, quite understandable. For, for a lot of people, it was so gripping, heart-stopping fear. Like, you know, what's going to happen to us? Is this country going to go up in flames? For some people who agitate for war or for splitting up a country, I have someone very dear to me who said to me once, she said, those who agitate for war are people who have never seen war before. And so if, if you were agitating for war, possibly because you had never seen it before, because the opinion was, if you have seen it before, you will not be in a hurry to agitate for war. And I think I tended to agree with her because, you know, it's, it just leaves people devastated, unable to plan for the future, and just runs everything aground. And so I'm saying to you that if that is you, if you, you sort of experience that painful helplessness, that anger and deep-seated fear you're not alone really um if the um starkness of of the situation has sort of faced you and has made you ask yourself several questions in terms of where your place is in the world and what meaning you can gain out of it i tell you you're not alone i think i went through that myself 
because I was sort of looking at my children and saying, what kind of world is my generation leaving for my children? Have I been fear even bringing them into this world at all, you know? But then one of the things that helped me sort of move on from that place where I was just feeling all this kind of painful helplessness was, first of all, my faith. And then secondly, it was these saying that just kept coming to me, where there's life, there's hope, where there's life, there's hope. And at some point, I just continued to run that phrase in my head, where there's life, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. This was me. This was my inner self, my spirit searching for something to hold up to. So like the picture that comes to mind is somebody who has chanced upon quicksand and right before you know what it is, you're in it. And then you start to struggle to get out. Trust me, you grip on anything that is on the outside that can possibly keep you from going further down in and um, try to then pull yourself out, gripped on something, right? So that was my one grip away from wallowing. And you know what? Whenever you find a grip that keeps you from wallowing or from descending into depression or a grip that keeps you hopeful or that kind of opens your eyes, I want you to take it. I want you to take it and hold on to it so strongly. So for me, that was kind of like the saying, like, okay, I know a lot has happened. I know some of it is really horrible. I know some of it has left me asking questions and questions that were not really hopeful sometimes, you know. But then my one grip was just thinking about the fact that, look, while there's life, there's hope. And this hope, if I meditate long enough on it, if I look at it long enough and whatever that hope means, perhaps it begins to bring a light at the end of my tunnel and your tunnel as well. And so as I kept on saying to myself, you know, while there's life, there's hope. I'm alive. I'm still here. I know a lot of ha has happened. I'm alive. I'm still here. And because I'm still here, to be honest with you, I still have, there is still the possibility for me to be able to make a change. There is still a possibility for me to be able to make an impact. And if the only impact I have is talking to you today and helping you understand that while there's life, there's hope, then the it is not the end. It is not the end. There is still another chapter in this story. And I want you to know that you are part of that chapter in this story and it, it hasn't ended yet. My heart really goes out to people for whom this became an end. It, it's it's horrific. So many families have loved, lost loved ones and it makes you question, you know, what life is all about. But then for you who is still here, what I want to say to you is that while there's life, there's hope. And you need to look upon that or take that and try to make sense of what it is to you. So I found myself reaching out to people and um, sort of helping them understand how to break free from the cycle of 
um, binging on the information that was out there, how to break free from the cycle of the pain, the helplessness, the anger, you know, the shame at how we must look to the international community and just think about the immediate moments of knowing that while there's life, there's hope. And you know what? As soon as I began to see and do that, what then happened was that I then experienced this flow of other people to me. All of a sudden, people wanted to talk about it and they wanted to make more sense of it and they wanted to describe. And I could see that as I organized sessions for people to talk about it, I could see people sort of exhaling, if you like. So many people hadn't exhaled since a lot happened. People hadn't breathed out. But then I could see a lot of people exhaling and, you know, sort of breathing and saying, look, I mean... I'm, it was dark, it was despondent, it was really a dark moment for us in our nation. And so many people are lying about it, are not taking responsibility, but I am still here. I am still here. And they recognize that I haven't been swept away with the flood, I'm still here. And because I'm still here, I'm not going to roll over and play dead. I'm going to take responsibility. Some of the beautiful things I heard was um, people coming to recognize that there were stories behind the stories and how that kind of helped them put things in perspective in a lot of areas. For some people, it was their strong sense of looking into the future and saying to themselves that, okay, fine, I may not have control over what's happening today, but then... I can exercise my power, my control, my choice in the electoral exercises to come. And I think that that's a huge responsibility that everyone then has to make a change for the future. And then the other one was the sheer sense of awareness that came to a lot of people. A lot of people became really aware of the strata that exist in the society, the um, opinion points, if you will, that exist within the society, and the interest groups as well. So I think I've come away from this whole thing feeling a lot more knowledgeable because I'll be frank with you. So I'm somebody who has not been very active in the political space or uh, and that activism, I almost have approached it with um, disdain, feeling that everything political is corrupt, you know. And so I have sort of turned up my nose to it and I've not really paid attention. So in the, um, in the way that I, I feel I should have. And that has, in its own way, every ignorance has, in its own way, contributed in one way or the other to furthering the cause of the oppressor in whatever way, whoever the oppressor is, right? Um, and has not put me in a position where I have strong bargaining power, so to speak. And I speak of bargaining power not as financial, but bargaining power in terms of my voice. Because let's, let's face it, voices are really powerful, but it's only who steps up to speak that lends action to the power that they have, 
right? And so for me, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, everyone around me, including myself, became more aware, more in tune, more attentive, a lot. And all of a sudden, I am paying attention. I'm a pain, I'm paying attention to what's going on around me. I'm paying attention to what I want to see happen in the future. Whatever that means, I'm paying attention, you know. And if that is what I've left or what I've come out with, no wonder every challenge presents an opportunity. No wonder every challenge can turn out to be something positive and not everything about a challenge is bad. Not everything about a crisis is bad, right? So for me, I have decided to see the good in this crisis, sad as some of the actions or the turn of events may have been. And now that I'm at that point where I'm feeling that way or I'm seeing things with a different lens, so to speak, I almost feel like I'm ready to um, step forward and start trying to make a change in my own way. In my own way, I have metamorphosized, so to speak. I have unveiled another layer of myself. And with that layer, I think I'm going to engage better. I'm going to put forward my ideas louder. I'm going to seek the opportunity to make a difference. And I'm going to make sure that I'm looking for facts. I'm going to make sure that I'm looking for the right information. And looking keenly for the opportunity to then use that to make a difference. So people, protesters may be off the streets, opinion leaders may be doing their thing, interest holders may have used this to their advantage in one form of the, or the other, but I for one feel empowered. And I think for me, NSAS is not the end, it's just the beginning. So I hope, I hope for you, you have found reason to really, really believe that. And you know what? I just welcome you to share your opinions with me. Share, share the impact. Share how it was for you. What's your point of view? What, what were you feeling in the first couple of days, weeks? And where are you now? I would really, really, really love to hear from you. So here's me saying... I really love you and I hope that you're well wherever you are and whatever part of the world that you're in or whatever you're going through at the moment, I hope that you find meaning in whatever is going on around you. Do send me an email at inka at think, T-H-I-N-K hyphen A-T-Y-C-B dot org. Send me an email, engage with me on my social media platforms and just tell me exactly what your point of view has been on the NSAS movement, on the NSAS protest. Until I hear from you, do keep well, stay safe, and I love you.